scrimmage. Here's Cora. Welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me tonight we have Jacob Belleville. Hey, Jacob. Hey, what's going on? I uh, had a follow-up appointment at the University of Iowa. I am now cancer-free, or so I'm told. Welcome in, Southern Bear. Howdy-ho, neighbor. (laughs) So... Doing uh, pretty good. Had today off of work. Go do that. And, yeah, so surgery got it all out, and now I just got to recover from that. That's awesome to hear, man. Thanks. Just have a really ugly scar. But we'll remember to use uh, sunscreen. Yeah, probably a good idea. (laughs) So, well, hey, make sure if you're listening that you go out there, you're downloading our episodes, not just listening to them. Down. I don't even care if you listen to them. Just download them. You know, we're giving out a lot of good information here for C2C leagues, especially ours. So, I don't want I don't want anybody to know what we're talking about. So, I'll just put in guys that I don't like uh, just so you guys don't take any of the guys I like. Right, Tweet? Sounds about right. Sounds about yeah. right. So, make sure you give us a review if you can. If you're on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it Get smash it. that like button yeah like and subscribe five stars or less if you want to <laughs> <laughs> we are the five star podcast that's what we should be called the five star podcast or or three whatever that's you want to give us we're happy with <laughs> so this week's quick hitter i won't go through all of the targets reception yards But, uh, I put it there in the group chat here. We had five receivers that I wanted people to rank. But, only us and uh, Nate ranked anybody. So, Nate went with receiver E. So, I asked him to put it in, which receivers do you want from most to the least? Nate said he wanted Elijah Badger. Then player D was Jalen Hall. 
Then he wanted Tez Johnson, Tweets Man of the Hour. Then he wanted Brennan Presley. And then last he wanted Chase Cota, which everybody knows Chase Cota. Wide receiver two for Oregon, where Tez Johnson is going to. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Nobody really wanted Oregon's wide receiver two last year. So, Belleville, we'll come to you first. Talk to me about these players and who you picked where and why. Um, I just went by points per game, and that's all I... That's all you cared about. That's all I cared about. Um, to be honest, I don't know, like, four of these guys. Yikes. Do you... I know Tez Johnson now because of last week, but... <laughs> You got to inform that you know. We got to inform everyone. Elijah Badger because I had a terrible trade offer offered to me. Oh man! Outside of that, I don't really know these guys. Jalen Hall, wide receiver out of Western Kentucky. They're running gun. Fourteen point one points per game. Player C, Brennan Presley, Oklahoma State. Not very good. Twelve point six points per game. Player A, Chase Cota, everyone's favorite, 10.4 points per game. So I couldn't even spell his name to Google him. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet, give us your uh, rankings here and why you picked the way you did. Well, I think Nate, Belleville, and I all went with the same exact rankings. So, um yeah. I also, I also basically went my points per game. Um, I don't know. That's basically what I was looking at, and yeah, I like more points. So, I so points matter. Yeah, a hot topic from last year, but points matter. They Except do for when they don't. Except for yeah. when they don't. Exactly. <laughs> so here we go again. So tweet. Are you nervous? that your boy, Tez Johnson, is going to dip going from Troy up to the Power 5 in Oregon, and he's going to dip and then be in that 10 points per game range where everybody put that person last. I'm not because I think they're going to use him out of the backfield too. I think he's going to be like a multifaceted player. So I, even if his receiving stats dip a little bit, I think they're going to use him elsewhere, too. So, Okay. But he's also Bo Nix's brother. Like, come on. There's a tie. Bo Nix hates his family. It's pretty well known. So that's He's not very good. similar to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I think the tie is blood. Oh, too <laughs> soon. <laughs> so, lucky for you, Tweet, I've got a couple owners in here of these players who are, uh, are going to talk a little bit about them. So let's take a listen. Hey, Ian. Luke, how's it going? It's going pretty good. I got a couple questions for you. Fire away. How often did you start Brennan Presley last year for your squad? Yeah, I went back and looked. Um, I started him three total times, and I think I started him week one and week two. 
week one, he performed, you know, just about how I thought. I think he got 13 points. Week two, he got a four. And then I pretty much decided to bench him the rest of the way until I think it was like week eight or nine, somewhere down the road where I needed a, a plug, um, just kind of a desperation plug. And that's where I played him. So he's your desperation plug. So let's you weren't very confident to put him in your squad, right? Not after that uh, week two. Uh, no, it was uh, I was pretty hesitant to put that kind of player in my lineup. But your your lineup was pretty stacked, right? You made the playoffs. Uh, barely. <laughs> barely made the playoffs, and you're hesitant to put Brandon Presley in the starting lineup. Okay. Well, he did make your uh, cuts. So he's still on your squad. So you feel somewhat confident, right? Uh, he was definitely on the list of potential cuts. And, you know, it, I still got a draft to do. So he could be on the chopping block. Could be on the chopping block. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Ian. Yep. No problem. Hey, Chad. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. All right. I have a hard hitting couple questions for you. One, Jalen Hall. How many times did he crack your lineup this last year? Uh, I was looking through that and just kind of wanting to see, because I thought I'd started him, but uh, turns out I didn't start him at all last year. Why not? To be honest, I think it was early on in the season with uh, the first three weeks where he wasn't producing a whole lot. Uh, just getting a couple points per game. Um, and I just had some other guys that were hitting off pretty early. And I think early in the year, actually, what it was is I was just trying to get feelers for who could be producing for the team throughout the year. So there was a couple players that might have started early on that ended up not playing again for a while. So I think it was more of a depth addition to the team in preparation for this year. Now that he's a little bit older, going to be going into his senior year. Did you make the playoffs last year on the college side? I missed it by one game, I believe. You feel that you missed out in the playoffs because you never started Jalen Hall? No, I think I missed the playoffs because of a certain Alabama wide receiver. But, uh, you know, Jalen Hall towards the end of the year probably could have helped me looking at uh, what he had scored. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, Chad. Yeah, no problem. All right, Nate, welcome to the show. What's up? I got a question for you, hard hitter. How often did you start Elijah Batcher this year? Every week. It was a no-doubter? Like, every week you needed to start this guy? Did you see my roster? Yeah, it was It was a no-doubter. I liked what he provided. Did you make the playoffs? I did. Do you think it was because... Of Elijah Badger? I think he had a big part in it. Scored right. six or seven times. That's what I want to hear. Hey, I appreciate your time, Nate. Yeah, no problem. All right. After listening to that, what do you think, Tweet? Oh, man. I don't know. Kind of questioning some of their decisions. Uh, I'm also kind of questioning Nate a lot. But, uh, you know, Nate gonna Nate. Nate gonna Nate. So to give you, you know, some maybe good news. So last year we had James Madison go from the FCS to the FBS. 
Um, they're in the Sun Belt, or the Fun Belt, as I like to call it. They're pretty fun to watch. He averaged 18.8 points per game last year. That's a pretty solid number. And when he was in the FCS, he averaged 17.8 points per game. So he actually did a little bit better, and he's only 5'8", 180 pounds. I mean, Tez Johnson's 5'10", 150, 158, you know, 180. But I wanted to give you some hope. I know you're high on him. I know you're taking him roughly 102 in our supplemental draft. And if you don't, then you don't really like him. And if you don't really like him, then why did you talk about him on the podcast last week? So this is going to come full circle. Which one is it going to be? I have to trade Olave for one, two, I guess. So I'm really going to have to move up to get that pick to make my, my selection. So. All right, well, we'll move into our NCAA news. NCAA news that we have today. Kamar Wheaton suspended for academics. Patrick, not looking great there at SMU. Xavier Worthy apparently played what Stark, uh, Stark said was practically a broken hand. I don't... It's either broken or it's not, so I don't really know what's what, but... Maybe that's the reason for his drops. I don't know. We'll see. And then Adam Randall coming to camp. He's sitting out spring. He had a knee procedure done on his other knee. Uh, Also coming in, I think he's at like 2.30. He hasn't been able to run or train with the team, uh, so my source says. So he'll be... He's been eating a lot of Bojangles, apparently, and uh, we'll need to do a lot of running and conditioning this offseason. But last year had the torn ACL, and then I'm not sure what the procedure was on the other knee, but not not great. I saw something where Dabo was talking about, like he felt that it was sticking, and I had a bucket tear in my MCL um, when I was in high school. And that kind of sounds similar. And the time frame for him to get back is pretty similar. So, I don't know. It, it's pretty, like, it's minor, but the fact that it's happening on the other knee is also concerning. Yeah, not not the greatest. Not great. And it sounds like he needs to run, so he's probably putting a little <laughs> bit of weight on those knees. But, you know, at we could do. But at 2.30, if he can, if he can work at that, love it. Thick boys. Tweet. Rara. Thomas. He's had those charges drop. Don't have to worry about him there. You know what I say? Always innocent until proven guilty, boys. Innocent till proven guilty. And uh, Ian, Malik Neighbors, also had his charges dropped. So uh, Kelly said that Malik Neighbors had internal discipline. So, you know... He actually had to go to class for like a week. That's probably what it was. Do his own homework. Booty head too. Yeah, something like that. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, apparently he is. He is. His name is Kayshawn Booty. I don't know. I like the bootay. Kind of goes with the LSU French go tigers. I'm gonna still say booty or bootay. Sorry, dang it. Got you all mixed up. Got me all mixed up because it's. 
You know, we'll get to it later, but his combine was booty. Anyways. <laughs> then we have the football's rule committee has recommended three rule changes. No back-to-back timeouts. Sweet. Don't care. Icing the kicker. Doesn't really matter. Less TV timeouts. I'm great with that. No untimed downs at the end of the first and third quarters. So, again, I honestly don't really know how often we get those untimed downs. Probably every once in a while. Don't really care. And then a running clock after first downs are gained. So this would cut out about 10 plays per game per their estimates. What they are saying is that they want to try to player safety is a concern so if there are less plays ran then there are less chances that people get hit my thought is that's true my thought is people are going to get hit no matter what and if there's 10 plays or 5 plays taken off like the I don't know the odds go down very very little yes so, you're just very concerned about those fantasy points you're losing out on for those 10 plays. Correct. And you should be too on Tez Johnson. So, the you're oversight. You have to adapt. So, the oversight committee will vote on this on April 20th. So, that's something to watch. And then the Big 12 has contacted the four corner schools Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah about. A possible westward uh, expansion is the Pac-12 dead? Tweet first. I think so. I mean, they're already talking like the quadrants within the Big Twelve of who would be kind of the three quadrants and whatnot. And I think that kind of makes sense. You throw in Arizona there, you get Utah with BYU. Um, I mean. I think it's not only a football move, but it's also obviously a basketball move if you follow basketball for the Big 12 as well. So that's a big deal, but I think it's going to happen. I mean, I don't think the Big 12 is going to get anybody until Oregon and Washington go to the Big 10, which I think is going to happen anyways. So I think the Pac-12 will be done, but we'll see what happens. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, it's not looking good for the Pac-12. I, I don't know who the Pac-12 could add. Exactly, and then I remain I, relevant. Well, even like because they would keep UCLA, right? Yes. No, UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. Oh, already. Next so they're gone. Never mind. No, they're done. They're dead. Yeah, because they don't have anybody they can add besides what, what, Boise State. Like last year, they talked about adding Boise State. San Diego State and SMU, I think it was. And it's just like, okay, like, if you haven't added them to this point, it's been like a full year after those conversations. Do those schools really have any interest in coming to the Pac-12? Probably not. Well, that's all That's all fine, but the TV money is not going to be there with that, with those schools. Well, yeah, you got to look at it like what now, What what's in it for – Arizona, Arizona State, those teams, if you add Boise State and San Diego State, like, those teams don't care about that, like, because we're talking about the two biggest sports, football and basketball, in college. That's they would literally need to get, like, Notre Dame. 
Yeah, and that's not happening. That's not happening ever. The only thing, in my opinion, that the Pac-12 offers is the late night games that many people don't even watch. So, from a TV deal... (laughs) Which means that they're not offering much. Right. So, (laughs) unless they go to the Big 12 or the Big 10, and then you can have Big 10 games, Big 12 games on at 10.30 at night, then that, I think, offers something to watch as opposed to, you know, your... SMU decides to join or San Diego State and you got San Diego State versus whatever. Washington State? Like, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. But, oh, now you've got a West Coast game and you've got Ohio State at Oregon. And Oregon decide, you know, Oregon decides to join the Big Ten. Like, I would stay up to 10.30 to watch that game if it's something that that's what they want to push. I doubt they would wait for it to be that late, but who knows? That game's going to be a 7 o'clock. Yeah, that, I mean, that's you saying that you'd stay up till 10.30, but the majority of fans won't. So, I think it'll be interesting, but I think that's the, really the only thing that they have to offer is that time slot. So. I don't think that time slot brings in the revenue they need to, like... Nope make it relevant for those teams to stay because I think those four teams and then obviously Oregon and Washington are the teams that are they're, they're going to jump first and then you'll you'll see the Oregon State the Washington State figure it out later But I mean I could count on my hand the amount of Pac-12 games I watched last year on one hand and like I like football I like college football and that's yeah that's Pac-12 Pac-12 not like Right, Oregon playing Auburn or something like. So their current uh, deal runs through or until twenty twenty four. So they got to figure it out. So come twenty twenty five, probably don't even have a Pac twelve. Good. Well, Jacob, what do we got for NFL news? NFL news is really just the combine um, that wrapped up and went pretty much as expected for most players. Um, fantasy relevant guys who probably helped their draft stock the most were Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, and Chase Brown, in my opinion. From what I have seen, CJ Stroud may have done so well in the throwing portion of drills that he may be looking at going first overall. Anthony Richardson tested so well physically, he'll probably be going top 15 no matter what, and Chase Brown tested out of his mind as well. Probably cemented maybe day two capital. Evan Hull also tested really well at basically everything. He's a prolific uh, receiving back. He may shake things up and go higher than anyone was expecting. Can he get into the third round like Rashad White, or is he good enough to carve out a role even with day three capital like Aaron Jones? We will find out. Anyone that you liked? Yeah, I think uh, Trey Palmer helped out himself uh, running the fastest wide receiver time. I think that propels him into round five-ish. I think, and be a pretty 
good like number three, four rotation type guy for some team. And I think Marvin Mims helped himself out quite a bit. Um, and you, you kind of look at his wide receiver production. You like to see wide receivers get better each year, which he did. And he had three different quarterbacks each year while getting better, where he had Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams, and then Dylan Gabriel this last year. So I think that also speaks volumes to, you know, how he is as a player, three different quarterbacks, doing well, getting better each year, and and hitting those analytical metrics as well. Yeah, I, th- I think I kind of expected him to run fast and be a pretty good athlete. It's just how does the NFL view his skill set because he is undersized and he predominantly played outside. So we're looking at more of like a Deshaun Jackson type receiver rather than like a slot guy who can be just kind of moved all around. But we will see. Tweet anyone for you? The only player that I really think had a negative, was a negative surprise was Kayshawn Boutte. There were probably concerns from teams about his injuries, you know, going into last year and then his production last year. And he didn't, he really didn't do anything to say that that's not the case, that his explosiveness and his speed weren't affected. Um, I, I just feel like it was a big missed opportunity for him. I feel like he's just on a downward spiral. A little bit, yeah. So, definitely some concerns. I think he's very self... Not self-aware. He was he was quoted at the uh, Combine saying he was going to run a 4-3, and if he'd have to pick a wide receiver that he's most like, he's most like Stephon Diggs. And then he goes out there and runs a 4-5 and then doesn't jump well. And I feel like if you know your body, you do what everybody else did. I'm going to do the things that I do well at, and I'm going to not do anything else. That just mean, I just means I don't think he prepared very well for this combine. Yeah. I could see him as a player who like wouldn't, go to like a training for the specific events for the combine. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm not out on him as just a player in general. Cause I think he's really talented and I actually don't hate the Stefan Diggs comp. It's just, there are question marks, you know, post injury about like his athleticism. Like, and, I mean, that's a reality and it's valid. Sure. And he did, he really didn't like do anything to say, Hey, this isn't a concern. Yeah, I mean, you got to prove it, right? You got to prove it yeah. at some point. <laughs> and his attitude towards things like kind of just makes it even worse. It's like, what kind of player am I going to get here? Um, I like his talent. I just just tons of question marks, and like we just have the same question marks out of the combine as we had going in. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks because I, I actually think that he was a really talented player. I agree. Somebody for me that underperformed, Kenny McIntosh, running, I think it was a 4-6-3. Did not yep. think it was going to be that slow. Um, something that I had posted out on Twitter was any rookie running back who made like a fantasy contribution to their teams, 
like the Algiers and the Pachecos, nobody ran slower than a 4.61. So, right, but Algier ran 4.6 flat. I mean, so like kind of kind of an arbitrary threshold there, but uh that's all I do. Arbitrary things where it fits my narrative. Perfect. So, that one and then Zach Evans not coming in as big as I wow. uh, would have thought and then also then being injured again and not doing anything. So I really want to like him, but I'm at this point I just got to be out on him for like dynasty leagues, other things like that. Like I I feel great that I traded him. I mean, for me at 202, like he literally didn't catch passes in college. Like he he didn't receive any like he didn't no receiving work. So at 202, I'm just out. Period for like my dynasty leagues, all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, you take away the catching. He's always injured. I mean, <laughs> he's light. Like, what are you running with here? Like, he's not your bell cow. No, he's never been a bell. He's never been a bell cow in college. That's because he can't so, stay healthy. I mean, he's just not. Is that why? Well, he's probably like he, he's probably asked, a lot of things. I know, but he asked to split the split the carries at Ole Miss. Yeah, save himself for the NFL. Save himself, yeah, because you're 202 pounds. The other one that I thought hurt, I got two more. Sean Tucker, I think, hurt himself because I thought that he would be set up to crush these tests, and he just didn't do anything. I feel like there were so many running backs who didn't do anything. If he would have done stuff, I think he would have been the talk of the town and really would have raised his draft stock in my opinion and then uh Tajay, what's that i think everybody knows that he's fast i think the weigh-in was really important for him because i had same with gibbs like i like was he going to be around 199 200 that was kind of the question mark for me came in at 207 i believe and that's a good weight i think everybody knows that he's fast but it would have been good for his draft capital if he just showed that, hey, I'm real fast. Yep. And then I think Tajay Spears, he had all the hype come out of, you know, the Senior Bowl. Keep it rolling. Do all this stuff. He didn't do anything. So was it just like, hey, you had a lucky senior bowl type things in this controlled atmosphere, but then you don't feel confident that you can do it here? Again, not a lot of running backs did anything. This He could have just continued to build that momentum and chose not yep. to. I feel like Tajay is one of those guys that needs that too. He doesn't quite have the Sean Tucker. Like Tucker doesn't have a big name, but he's got a bigger name than, than Spears. So. Oh, yeah. He can at least ride on that. Like, Spears needed to do something. Well, it's all opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you think these events are going to hurt you, you just do them, and then, like, who knows? That's what yeah. I was... I think I was just, in general, most disappointed in the running backs. Like, they, they just barely... Barely any of them participated in anything. So, yep. like, what's... Somebody could have really helped themselves, and, and they decided not to. Something that was very interesting that I heard. Evan Hull. Evan Hull has Touch- that dog in him. He he scored a touchdown every time. He took that ball to the end zone every single time. 
every single time. I was honestly surprised no one else, you know, just followed along and, and did it too. Hey, whatever you got to do. So, Jacob, NFL radar. I, I had heard something from somebody who was at the uh, Combine and talked to an NFL uh, scout there that it was interesting to hear. They did all of their 40 times on a stopwatch. And whatever the laser time says, they don't care. They go off of their stopwatch. And yeah. they asked why. And it's like, well, we're going to go to these pro days. And we're not going to have lasers. We're going to do our stopwatch. So then we're going to have lasers versus stopwatch. And it's like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. I know you're a big proponent in like, oh, everyone's going to be, you know, the same scale, weighed the same, all this stuff. Turns out the 40 doesn't really matter, I guess. No, not really. Unless you like completely blow it away. So it, it's just kind of interesting. You might, oh, this person had a bad 40, but some t- team reaches for him. It's like, well, well it's they, like, had a, they had a tri- happy trigger figure and uh, actually had this. Well, it's, the, it's the same as last year with like Traylon Burks running a 4.5 when he had GPS tracking him at like almost 23 miles per hour, like in college. We There's no question about the speed. Do you think the Raiders always stop it at the 30-yard mark? That's why they always get the <laughs> fast guy. Yeah. That's Maybe cool. we'd have to ask Chad on that, but I think that's probably what happens. That's probably it. Well? I saw that the Raiders' uh, owner got a haircut. He's now bald. Ooh, oh. I did not see that. Way Going away with the bald cat. Way better than whatever the hell he was wearing. <laughs> Well, let's get into our player highlights. Jacob, just keep it rolling. Tell us a little bit about your freshman highlight this week. So my freshman highlight is Shamar Porter. He's 6'3", 192 pounds. He's out of Na- he's out of Nashville, Tennessee, going to Kentucky, who has sneakily started to become a wide receiver factory for college production. Um, he's currently wide receiver 47 on 247 Sports Composite Rankings. Currently, according to Freshman ADP, he is the 29th wide receiver going off the board. He's one of eight freakishly athletic wide receivers in this class. His best 100-meter time was 10.89. He's a freaky athlete and definitely worth taking a swing on, has all the physical tools to be an ex-wide receiver in the NFL, and can be drafted in the middle rounds of our supplemental draft. That's my guy. Uh, Something that we talked about last week, I forgot to preface this, is we tried to pick uh, freshmen that we would take that wouldn't go before the fourth round. So kind of those middle to late round guys that we are higher on than others. Tweet, who do you have? Oh, I was on mute. What an idiot. No thoughts on Shamar Porter? Shamar Porter. Okay, well let's let's revisit Shamar Porter. Tweet. Do you have any thoughts on Shamar Porter? Um, no idea who he is. So yeah, no. The only thing I really have about Shamar Porter is I liked the way that he. I I don't know how I want to say this. 
Uh, but Kentucky's got a new offensive coordinator coming back, new slash old. So their offensive coordinator, when Wondell Robinson was there, uh, he came from the Rams, came there, then left, went back to the Rams, now is coming back to Kentucky. So they'll be bringing in a, I would say, a very comparable offense to what they had when they were uh, pretty good two years ago and made those wide receivers you know, kind of who they were. And so I, I do like that for them. It's going to be a hard time beating out uh, Kay and uh, who's the other guy? Brown. And then uh, Tavion Robinson or the guy from transfer from uh, Virginia Tech. I think it'll be hard to, hard to see the field, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, my whole thing with him is you can probably get him in the, like, seventh eighth round and you're legitimately talking about one of the top maybe 15 athletes in the entire freshman class so i mean that's just worth a swing for me at that point but yeah yeah i don't think we're we're banking on every one of these guys starting as a freshman by any means or anything like that but you you get a freakish athlete like that and he's starting year two, year three. Never know what can happen, so. Yep. Tweet? Well, hold on. I got more to say about uh, Shamar Porter. Oh. So you that the, uh, I, Google machine. Yeah, up. I had to. Well, no, I had to get my rankings up. I didn't have them up. So another good thing that he had was he returned punts and kicks in high school. Always a plus if you're out there on special teams I want you like you have confidence to be out, be there on special teams that's good the, also that's pretty rare for like a 6'3 guy to be returning punts and kicks um, his routes in my opinion looked pretty inconsistent and rounded them off but he did have really good hands not ever he attacked the ball I thought had soft hands did pretty well here in uh, he had pretty average I don't have the 2022 stats but 2021 was pretty average strength of schedule Um, his stats were pretty I would say they were below par for like top tier guys and I think that's why he's dropping into those mid rounds rather than being up there his, uh, his junior year it was 446 yards receiving and 6 touchdowns Yep. But then their strength of schedule the year before that was thirty was really high. He didn't get any playing time. But like so that just tells me their their competition uh, that he had there at Ensworth in Nashville was pretty pretty solid. Not yep. just Joe Schmums. So And I really don't Wide receiver is one of the few positions where I don't care about high school production that much. It's just, you got these crazy producers, then you realize that they threw the ball 7,000 times in the season. So. I will say, though, overall, um, he was my... I should say, he's my wide receiver 12. He is probably like my wide receiver 
40 something without counting everything so I would I would say Jacob is a lot higher than I am on Shamir Porter sure Tweet, tell us a little bit about your incoming freshman. Yeah, I went with uh, Cameron Cook. Uh, he's a running back. Um, just some quick numbers. He's 5'10", 180 right now, according to 24-7 at this moment. Um, he's going to TCU. Um, junior year, sophomore year, pretty mundane stats, but his senior year, he came on hard. Uh, he Senior year was 1589, 1,589 yards rushing. 20 touchdowns, getting 9.35 a carry. Um, looking at where he's going, like the way I look at this, like who's he going to go play for? How's he going to do? TCU, I mean, definitely a running team. Uh, I believe they were, yeah, they were top 30 last year overall running. Um, and then if you look at like Kendra Miller, 19.3 fantasy points a game as a running back. Um, and he was our top guy, obviously going pro this year. Uh, I did watch some tape on him. Um, I don't think he's going to be like that burner, but he can break away. He's definitely, I mean, he can get those 20, 30 yards and take a few to the house, but he's going to be more of a, you know, five, six yard guy. He's going to rack him up though, score some touchdowns. Um, he plays bigger than he is. From what I can see, he's pretty elusive. I didn't tell. He kind of danced a lot in call or in high school. He'd hit a lot of the holes hard, but then all of a sudden, like he'd dance and do the Reggie Bush. Let's run all the way across the field back and forth. So, got to clean that up a little bit. But uh, I think he's got a chance. He's got a chance to break the TCU lineup pretty early. Um, I don't know a lot about their other running backs. But uh, I think he, he could have a chance to come in and, and do something, and you never know, maybe some NFL potential there too. So I think he'll get a little bit bigger too, which will help him a lot. So getting in a college weight room. Jacob, thoughts on uh, Cameron Cook? Um, I don't hate him. Like, I, I think he's pretty good. I think – I, I generally like steer away from anyone under 190 as a freshman running back, just because the only guy that I can think of think of off the top of my head that's kind of made that weight jump into NFL weight is Aaron Jones, and he he was at like 170, so it was like crazy. But I mean, 180 to like get to 200 if he can receive the ball. I mean, yeah, I think it plays. I don't like TCU is kind of a prime ground for like a just running back production in college right now. And he didn't have a lot of like receiving in high school. I mean, yeah, I mean, none of them do. Yeah, so it's like yeah. we can't hard. It's hard to project that. You got to gain that. I mean, last year I was told Jadon Blue was this great receiver, and you look at his stats, and it's like 130 yards. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, there's a lot of hype on Jadon. There was. I still like him. Remember when he was 205? Yeah. It was long, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, my notes here on Cameron Cook. I was trying to figure out exactly where Stony uh, Point lands in the whole Texas system, but um, 
Good luck. Did not. They could have told me I still. I know 6A is the biggest. It's it's a big state. So, um, but their level of competition that he was playing in comparison to people in this recruiting class was below average all three years. I don't have the senior stats, so it's not not that great. Also, BMI pretty low coming in at 180. Let's say he gains uh, 15 pounds. He's still at 195, and you're still not hitting that 200 threshold. So not not great there, but I do like the depth chart opportunity there to come in uh, and get some run maybe pretty early as a freshman. So I don't don't hate it there. I think yeah, I think the offense plays yeah, just plays really well for any running back coming in. So I think the thing to watch out for is like if TCU were to recruit, I don't know, in the next class, like some 210, 215 pound speed demon, like at running back, then then he gets phased out, right? Because yeah, you're talking about a 35 pound gap, but but I think I mean you face yeah. that in all college. <laughs> That's true. Zach Evans. Judkins. <laughs> Kendra Miller with Zach Evans. Mm-hmm. And that dude's lost his job like how many times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, he's gonna, but he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't forget that. <laughs> My freshman highlight is Eddie O.C. Nick. Kita, I believe is how you say it. He is a 6'5", 215-pound true freshman from Sydney, Australia. Don't mind that uh, I believe he's 23. I think he's 21. 21. So, I mean, it's it's old, but it's not like that old. <laughs> so he sounds he, like a questionable birth certificate. We're not talking about... Yeah, but we're not talking about Stetson Bennett. So uh, he so he broke a 28-year national record there in Australia for the 100-meter at the World Championships in Oregon this last July. But he was not selected to compete in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham there in Australia. It sounds like there, by all my reading, it sounds like there was a lot of political things that went into it. In that 100, he ran a 10.08 100 meter, which is roughly equated to a 4.2 four-yard dash. But watching his 100 meters, he's definitely a closer. So my guess is his 40-yard dash is probably closer to a 4.3, but still at that size is freaky fast. Um, Crazy. Yeah. He played rugby after missing the Olympics, and... He had a jacked. What's that? He is jacked. He's a big boy, and the man. He's (laughs) twenty one. Yeah, big man. (laughs) And NFL international scout actually told him, like, "Hey, maybe you should try like American football." So that turned his interest on, and then a year or two years later, that uh, NFL international scout is now part of the Hawaii coaching staff. And now he is enrolled at the University of Hawaii. 
He will not be there this uh, spring waiting till the fall because he's going to compete for the summer track event there in Australia. And Hawaii has a 53.3% pass in neutral game script. So they like to pass the ball. Uh, Timmy Chang is introducing the, I think it's called the uh, gun and shoot. He was, if you guys remember, uh, it would be like, Jacob, you would have been like fifth grade. Tweet, I think we were like sixth grade when he ran, or when he threw like all those touchdowns through like 50 some touchdowns. I don't know why he didn't install it last year, but apparently he didn't. And he's going to bring it to Hawaii this year. So being 21 years old and playing against anywhere between 18 and 21 year olds and being that physically developed, I'm betting that he gets on the field sooner rather than later, but how quick can he learn to play football? It's just going to be straight athleting this first year or two. It might be a guy that you don't draft, but you definitely want to keep a watch out for him, but I would definitely take him being size speed guy that he is going into a, a horrible Hawaii team that probably needs all the help that they can get. Their wide receiver one averaged 12 points per game, uh, which if you guys rem- If you're Hawaii, you just get him the ball. Scheme him open. Whatever you got to do. Jet sweeps. Yeah. I mean, are we just assuming this guy can catch? We're assuming whatever. <laughs> like, how do you get him the ball? Wildcat? Do it. I just don't – I don't love – I don't love this guy just because I feel like every time they bring these guys over from rugby, it's just a failed experiment. Like Jordan Mailata, one of the best left tackles in the NFL? He's on a skill position. (laughs) He can block. Okay. But who was that that niner they brought in, that Jared Hain, and then he got arrested for raping chicks or something? Like. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a a family (laughs) show here, Bear. What? But he he played one or two years with the Niners and was not good. I'm going to have to put this explicit tag on this podcast. Jeez. <laughs> but, I, just, um, I just don't trust guys. Like, yeah, he's a physical freak, but going up against boys that played football their whole life. Well, we'll good luck. See, we'll, we'll see. 12 points per game as a wide receiver one in Hawaii compared to uh, Presley, Brennan Presley, 12 12- Point six points. So, I guess I don't understand. I just don't get. You know, like why? Why do we think he's coming in getting more than twelve point one? I mean, Oregon's second best wide receiver basically was doing more than that. He wasn't. He was was doing ten. He was doing ten. He wasn't doing better than that. So, but we're bringing in this random rugby guy that's just going to be better than twelve a game. Man, I mean, he's an international sprinter. So that's that's, the that's also the teams linebackers. That's the so other I best part. I don't, I don't know who's gonna tackle him. That Hawaii is playing like you got Fresno not, State. They're not playing Alabama. You got the Mountain West. Uh, but what I'm excited for is I want to see him out on the field. I want to see a jet sweep. I really want to see that. And seven yard loss. I don't know. I don't Dude, think so. Think if he can do hurdles. But the best part of about being the track athlete is like all these are timed, like all these are sanctioned events, like so that speed is legit. 
Yes. So but that, we love him, but we don't love A-Shane. I don't know. I just don't get it. He's a track athlete. Dude, one guy is 230. <laughs> the other is 180 pounds. Track athlete. 50-pound difference is significant. One's played football his whole life. One is coming from a scrum. So, Tweet, are you in on Eddie? <laughs> Eddie Murphy, maybe. Um, what, what round? What round? What, yeah, what round? Like, okay, we've got 15 rounds. You're not taking him apparently in 15 rounds. How many rounds would we need to go before you take him? Give me the last pick. I'll do mystery irrelevant. I'll take him last pick, 15th round, once I... I'm assuming Grim has all the 15th rounders by now, but... You know, I would take him there. I think he's working on the ninth. Oh, well, I want to use a ninth. I just don't trust guys coming from other sports. I really don't. Like, in a skill position, I don't care how fast, how whatever you are, it just doesn't seem to translate, especially these rugby guys. I mean, they've tried it. This isn't the first guy that they've tried to bring in to the NFL elsewhere. Yeah, I think Jordan Mailata... Um, he made a Pro Bowl, but all good. <laughs> he's not a skill physician. He's just a he's a Christmas caroler. He's no, a, he's, he's a, one he's of the a... most athletic players in the NFL. Is what he is. All right, well that's fine, but I still don't think <laughs> as a wide receiver this dude's gonna do much of anything. I'm just saying, I after like the tenth round, I'm probably interested. So I I, I have to see what happens. I haven't looked, but I don't th- think Campus Akin has anything about this guy um, in their average draft position. In their where would you draft him, Luke? Where would I draft him? I would. I feel like I would draft him. I think Jacob's about right. Anywhere after the tenth round, depending on what college guys. It's just all such a crapshoot after that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, honestly, in our league, I think this year anything after the fifth or sixth round this year will be pretty like if anybody makes any decisions like they're gonna be up in the air like i like i shit on ty j spears when grim did that now the trade for him to get ty j spears was still bad like i gave like a 11th for a sixth but it kind of worked out i don't know I mean, Tajay I mean, Spears has even made it into our intro, so. I mean, every 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 pick's a crapshoot in this whole thing, unless you're really going after somebody that's... Not if it's my chair, you know? <laughs> I mean, Luke took Quinn Ewers in the first round last year. Crapshoot. Yeah, he was the only one that did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried to tell him. Now, so, now Arch is here. So who would you have taken if you had Luke's pick? When he took Quinn at 101. At 101, last year, I really, well, besides. You, you don't know anything about what they did this last season. I was high on Drew Aller or uh, Singleton. I don't hate those. That. Are like, those were like my two guys that I, I don't hate those three. Yeah. So. So that'll do it for us this week. Next week. We will be back here at 9 p.m. on the 16th. We will be recapping last year's supplemental. We'll probably dive into the first round or two. 
uh, just kind of refresh everybody's memory of like who went where so we can have an idea for what these supplemental picks actually mean. How good was our hit rate? What, is, what do these players look like for next year? Like Drew Aller. Tweet, you grabbed him in the first round. He looks to be the guy at Penn State for this year. Um, guys, Devin Leary I took in the first round didn't do anything. I traded him to Jacob. Then he transfers going to, uh, where is he Kentucky. at? Notre Dame or Kentucky? Kentucky, Kentucky I think. Kentucky, you know, so he might turn out pretty well. So it's just trying to figure out, like, what happened this last year with these these players. And then just just keep in mind when we are trading these picks, like, how good are we? We think we're the best, but, Jacob, you put in our chat, 99% of us are going to be wrong in what we think. Yep. So, but if we all get, thought we were we, bad we at it. To, if we all everybody thought, just needs to get comfortable with being wrong. And then make moves based on that. Like we we thought if we thought we were bad at it, we wouldn't play. We all think we're good at it, so that's why we're here. I mean it's very similar to Luke thinking he wasn't fleecing people, <laughs> but he was. So I'm just he, saying he was wrong. I'm just saying there's a reason why for like three so we're we're gonna go into our like third supplemental draft next year, right? There's a reason I'm stockpiling picks. My hit rate isn't very good. <laughs> yep. A lot of these guys more, might be in free agency. Listen, I want more bites at the apple. That's so, what it is. So we'll do that next week. Um, and then we might, if we have some time, depending on how that looks, we'll do kind of like a cornerstone freshman mock where myself, Tweet, and Jacob, we'll do... 12 picks or 24 picks probably about 12 picks where we each own three teams and who is the freshman cornerstone that we want out of this upcoming supplemental draft to kind of build our freshman team around so that is on the docket for next week arch because he's going to be starting. No, he's not going to be starting. That's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've heard. What I will say is that Arch Manning will get some playing time against Rice. I think they play them like week two. What will be the nervous, what will make me nervous is when they play Alabama and if Quinn looks, hopefully he looks like he did last year against Alabama before he got hurt. But if the Boo Birds come out, do we have a Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams situation on our hands that came out in that Oklahoma-Texas game? I think the, pro- the, pro- the real problem with Arch is he's so he's just like good at the position. It's not like the tools that he has. It's he can draw guys off sides. Like, that all matters. Do you think that they would call in um, Arch on a fourth and in inches, needing a first down to draw them off sides? To do a hard count? Yeah. yeah. How, I, like, I could see it, to be honest. <laughs> what, what a move that would be. And then from there, he just starts the rest of the year. It's just over. And that's where it starts. It starts with an offsides call. Well, that's all we got for tonight. As... 
always, don't forget to draft your studs. We don't need to start anybody right now. Draft your studs. We're going to help out a little bit next week. So tune in. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. Later.